What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Glad to have you guys here today. Uh, if you guys are checking us out on podcasts, wherever you guys are listening, you may or may not notice that there is not a YouTube episode this week. Not going to have a YouTube episode for the bye week. Uh, meeting with Hunter again today to just talk about football. We're going to talk about Georgia a little bit, but then we're also going to jump into just talking football about a bunch of other teams and but a lot that's going on, a lot that we get to look forward to coming up, and we're just going to talk about it. So, Hunter, glad to have you back on and here again, and we'll talk about some football. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're halfway through the season. Like we talked about last week, we talked about trying to do this during the bye week. Georgia 7-0, and rocking and rolling, middle of that pack, playing Kent State and playing Missouri. Was not as fun, but we kind of started to pick the pieces up in the second half against Auburn and looked really good against Vanderbilt. And you can say it's Vanderbilt, you're supposed to look good. But Vanderbilt played a really good game against Ole Miss the week before. Um, and they had them on the ropes at halftime. And then, you know, Ole Miss does what any team should do to Vanderbilt and put it away. But Georgia, from really from the get-go, looked like we did in the first three weeks of the season. Kind of how do you feel as far as halfway through the season? What do you think of Georgia so far? Ins, yep. outs, ups, downs, whatever you think. Um, I think I'm like most people is what, ha- where did the team that played Oregon, where did it go? You know, that, that's kind of where I kind of, I, I fall. I'm hoping we're not a team that plays down to our competition. It's Kent State. It, it's kind of what it felt like in the middle. Correct. And we don't know really what's going on behind closed doors. Is there something, you know, whether it's a in- injuries or certain adversity that we don't know about? Uh, but at the end of the day, I believe in our coaches and the staff. And I thought back last night. Obviously, we've got to play Florida, and I would say that as a Georgia fan, you probably feel fairly confident in that game, but it is an old rivalry game. So, I mean, you can't, you can't look past it, but as a fan, the big one is November the 5th. And that's the one that makes me nervous and what team, which Georgia is going to show (laughs) up. And hopefully by then everybody's healthy. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the good that, the bye week couldn't come at much of a better time because, you know, we do have some guys that are hurt. You know, the latest is obviously Lab McConkey with, a, I think, a toe injury is what they ended up saying. Oh, I didn't hear from, that, yeah. From the Vanderbilt game. You know, he kind of landed funny. A lot of people were afraid it was his knee or ankle, but it sounds like it may have been something with a toe. Uh-huh. Maybe it was an ankle, too. Yeah. But uh, but it couldn't come at a better time trying to get Jalen Carter back, trying to get A.D. Mitchell and Arian Smith wideouts that – play a big part and they played a big part in the the Oregon opener they played a big part in big games and uh we've been without a lot of them and I'll tell you this is something that you may not have heard because you're not really big on social media but there's so many people that say you got to quit overlooking Florida and all I say to them is guys I'm not on the field I'm not gonna be over the field I I can overlook them all day long as long as the players don't you know we get we get to talk about what's going to happen in three weeks yeah because that's a huge game not to diminish what's coming up like you said because before halftime last last year against florida this was a really tight game oh yeah and florida's defense was playing lights out and it's our defense that played lights out right against it 
right before the half to put up, what, 17 or 24 points, whatever it was, right before the half. Well, th- that's absolutely true. I mean, it is true. You, you can't look past them because of it's an it's an old rivalry game. And, and, and it's something that I thought about yesterday. And I can't remember the year, but it would have been 03, 04, somewhere in there. Maybe 02, maybe. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It would have been later than that. It might have been 06, 07. <clears throat> um, we, Georgia played. Stafford was our quarterback. I don't know what year. Probably early on in his career. We went and played Auburn. Um, Auburn was ranked probably 2, 3, mm-hmm. 4. And I don't even think Georgia was ranked. If they were, you know, they were way in the 20s. And I remember being with family and my brother-in-law and I finishing a meal and we just begrudgingly we got to go let's just go see what the score is we expected a bloodbath and Georgia beat Auburn at Auburn and they had a really really good team it was towards the end of Tuberville's tenure uh so yeah, so I, that's close to that 07 08 somewhere, somewhere in, there. in there um and so I think of that on both sides of it. A, I think of it as a favorite, for instance, playing Florida. Is Florida currently ranked? No. Okay. So uh, I think of it that aspect. You know, the old cliche is this is why you play the games. Yeah, yeah. But I also think about it when we play teams that maybe we shouldn't beat or – or we're really worried about is that sometimes, boom, these crazy things happen. You know, whether it's the coaches see something it's similar to South Carolina beating us, twenty nineteen. Yes, so um, you definitely shouldn't overlook Florida. And on the on the subject of Florida, going through a news feed, I read something from the Gainesville Sun, I believe, is their paper. And a, 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 a Florida fan wrote in saying that he felt like Anthony Richardson is playing the wrong position. He felt like he, that he has the skill set, the physical attributes to be like a Kyle Trask and, and swapping him to tight end. Oh, wow. Um, which I'd never thought of. I mean, obviously he's got a rocket for an arm, yeah. and that sometimes watching games – they go, well, he needs to take a little off of that one, you know, a, a short pass and he'll zip it. Um, but anyway, I, I just, they've got, they definitely have athletes. And if you go to Florida, you're going to know, I mean, you're going to have this game circled in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Same as in Georgia. And uh, so um, it'll be exciting. Georgia should be able to go down there and handle their business. I hope that they do. But uh, as I said when we first did your podcast back in June, I'm I'm high on Billy Napier. I think he's a great coach, and I love. I, I think there's so much positivity around him versus uh, Brian Kelly. Oh yeah, at wow. LSU, and I, I'll be honest, I I enjoy that. Yeah. I like when LSU is good. I just think it's a special place. But I've got nothing for Brian Kelly and that athletic director. They, I mean, again. Napier is right there, and you let him get away. And I'm hoping that Florida just keeps going 
and surpasses LSU, yeah, they'll be relevant. Yeah. They're LSU, Obviously. but I mean, but I mean, if you comp- if in three years, four years, comparing those two guys and their programs, even their records are immaterial. It's where are those programs now? And I would I would bet anything Florida will be better than yeah. LSU. Hands down. I guess this year Kelly Bryant he or Kelly. What is uh, it? Bri- it's, Bri- it's Brian, right? Brian Kelly? Brian Ke- yeah, yeah. I had I okay. had it backwards there. Who who is Kelly Bryant? Was he that was a quarterback. quarterback for Clemson? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. I knew I had something mixed up there. But anyways, um so this year Brian Kelly gets the up on him obviously last week with LSU beating Florida. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's the year one. There's yeah. a lot to learn and one of the weird things that I saw come out of it on Twitter was actually a maybe it's a Florida wide receiver or something. I don't even know if he's necessarily a starter. He put up a picture. He I don't think he cares to be with the Florida team. So there is, and there was some coaching in that game that could have definitely gone different ways, seeing some of the play calling that came from Billy Napier that I think a lot of people questioned, and I'm not deep into it. Again, we're Georgia fans. We don't care anything about it but we still pay attention because oh, yeah. again especially when it's a game that's upcoming it's like okay i want to know what they've been doing how good they are mm-hmm. is this something to worry about but it's just like you said you don't have to be ranked this game doesn't have to be ranked i grew up in the state of alabama everything was wrapped around the final game of the season it's the iron bowl alabama auburn didn't matter who was ranked either one could beat either one year in and year and it's the same thing now you take last year auburn not the greatest football team should have beat Alabama. Took yeah. Them, took, took them to overtime, uh, and they still ended up falling, but there are multiple years where Auburn's not as good and they'll beat Alabama. Or yeah. Alabama's down, and that's hard to say, you know, over what the last – feels like almost 20 years now. But Alabama's – Well, the early 2000s, Tuberville beat them, I think, six or seven years in a row. I remember watching the game, and Alabama was just a doormat. I mean, they had – Really good position players here, there, and whatnot, but but they 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 just steamrolled them in the yeah. early two thousands, which that is pre Nick Saban era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's when they were still trying to figure out who's the next bear, and then obviously they come across him uh, being Nick there now since yeah. what, what was first season oh seven or was it eight? I think it was oh eight. I, I think I, I, I for like. some reason think of. Uh, 08, but I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's right. I know 09 is when it all, everything took off from yes. there, from there on. You know, the yeah. first year you're losing to Southern Miss and it's like, I don't know if this is the right hire. And then lightning in a bottle was not just that of like a Cam Newton one year. It was, no, this is, this is lightning in a tub. You got it for an extended period of time and they, mm-hmm. and they continue that. Well, that, that goes to show like any new coach. And I think, um, I know that we're talking about the SEC, and I would I would put it in comparison to Billy Napier at Florida and Mike Norville at FSU. I, I think it's more of an issue at FSU is that they a new coach comes in and you know not everybody gels. They don't like him, or he runs it. They have a different scheme, and so all of a sudden they're they're not seen as important from the previous staff. And so they just kind of they check out. Now, so so Saban was kind of the same way. It was probably pretty lax with Mike Shula and all those yeah. other guys that they went they just chewed through for a couple of years at at Bama. And then you've got the hard ass of hard asses coming in, 
And you got guys like, hell, I just want to get out. I want to be done. And they just didn't care. So that's how you lose to a Southern Miss. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was that year or, the, or, or, or whenever, but they, they played in the Sugar Bowl and they lost to Utah. Utah's a good team. They're a solid team and have been. They are this year, but they were even then. But you, everybody, it's Alabama. Look at how good they look now. Yeah. They lost to them. So, uh, and then since then, my gosh, have they turned the page. Um, and so that's what I, I always kind of look at that as. That's why coaches, they've got to have time. There's not many Bob Stoopses that go to Oklahoma in year one. I think it was year one. They win a national title. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, that's 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 not the norm. So Doesn't I, happen often. I mean, yeah. even you take Kirby with Georgia. Year one was not a good year. Year one, 2016, we lose to Vanderbilt, and again, that's one we talk about off of this past week. You don't mm-hmm. lose to. Yeah, you don't lose to. You you had a what I think an eight and five season is what we had. wasn't great. And then, boom, one year later, you're playing for a national championship. And for the years to come, you know, even COVID year, you're still a really good team that's winning nine to ten games a year, whether you win it or not. And then finally last year, we end the drought. Yeah. And and you win the whole thing. So, Well, there were at least good – there were good players at Georgia when Kirby got there. You know, it was nothing to the level it is now. You know, Brian Kelly – there's good players at LSU because Orgeron and them knew how to get kids. Napier, you know, is is different, you know, because uh, Mullen was yeah, not a fierce a recruiter, recruiter yeah. and uh, you know he was so successful at Mississippi State. You know, he was able to kind of pick a few guys that really didn't move the needle nationally, but he was able to do things, and that just doesn't work out of Florida. Yeah. You know, that's, that's you should one, be able to get whoever he wants. That's one tough thing right now for even Brian Harson, and we'll get back on some Georgia stuff here in a second, but, you know, it's year two for him. Should you be a little better? Maybe. But it's all you also have to have, eventually you have to have buy-in. And by the third year, he I, I will still be surprised if he's coaching at Auburn by the end of this season. But if he is and they allow him into a third season – He's got to get pretty successful by halfway mark. Yeah. And right now, it doesn't look like that's the way this train's going. No, I think when you listen to the radio, everybody talks about him, you know, he's he's a fired coach walking. That, to me, is one of the hardest things to to witness as a fan, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, that's the – it comes with the job. But, I mean, what happened to him this past summer yeah. and all of that – he ne- he's he's never had a fighting chance. I think if any, it seems like anybody that left the program, they may have had legitimate reasons and, and left on good terms, whether it was a player or a coach. But I think boosters and others were able to spin it to just to pile negativity against that guy, and it's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. It's it's as a I. D- when Georgia plays Auburn, yes, I want to beat Auburn. But there's so many really good Auburn people where mm-hmm. we live, yeah. thank goodness. I mean, we're not in the belly of the beast. Most of them around here are normal and level-headed folks. And I want to, I want again, I want to beat them, but I don't have the same feeling. And, and I just, it stinks that they're, 
yeah. going through this. I mean, how far is it going to set them back, and who are they going to find? And uh, it's like it's like we've it's just about tough it. to watch. The guy's got a family. Yeah, uh, and we've talked about this in the past. Is it's it's tough when you're walking like that, and you you like you said, you don't have a fighting chance. You don't have the opportunity to even let anybody buy in. How are you going to find somebody who wants to come into a culture where mm-hmm. you have to be successful immediately? And you don't even have an opportunity to get the guys that you need in there. Now he, he's, you know, there's been some coaching changes, turnover, and things of that nature since he got there last year. But there's a lot more to happen. I mean, could you imagine if year one under Kirby, going eight and five, losing to Vanderbilt, had been very controversial, and then something happened in the off season, and year two Kirby's like, I'm doing everything I can. Yeah. You know. Now, luckily for him, he was very successful in year two. Like you yeah. said, he came in with good players, and the players that were there bought in, and the ones that didn't, they left. And, and he, that continues now. And he is a tireless and yeah. fearless recruiter. I mean, that's the difference. There's so many pictures I see, like tonight, you will see or you will hear about him being on the sidelines somewhere. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the state of Georgia. Most of the time it is. Now, it's an off week, and you and I know from last year especially – when an off week happens, the whole coaching staff separates all over the country, and this is a huge recruiting week for them where they go everywhere and anywhere to talk to guys, everywhere and anywhere to meet with guys, meet families, and everything. Like that. Last week was the same thing, even on a game, which it was at home, but he was on the sidelines for a Georgia football game on Friday night mm-hmm. looking at guys. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference in him and a lot of coaches, and it's not just I'm going to send uh, Dale McGee which is a great guy to go and recruit for sure, especially <laughs> yeah. going and talking to yeah. the guys he needs to. Um, but he's also one that he himself will go and sit in front of you and your family and say, I want you to come yeah. and be a dog. He, he's he's definitely – and that that's the thing with so many changes in college football is that I'm obviously if you're a Georgia fan, you're very pleased with Kirby the whole nine yards. He's a homegrown guy. He's from our state. He played at Georgia, tons of success. Worked worked under and for, you know, arguably one of one of, if not you know, the greatest college coaches. And we we were lucky to get him. Yeah. And we've we've seen what he can do. And the and the 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 um, supporters of the the school and the school itself have done a lot of uh, spending money to help. This help him in recruiting. They've shown a commitment yeah. as well. Is what I'm trying to say, and I just hope it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't get burned out. I, lo- I love how everybody said from kind of the the start of it that Kirby Smart changed the what it, what was the wording? He changed the way that you do business when it comes to recruiting in college football changed it because of just how much resources the school university everything poured into allowing him to go and spend as much money as he has flying and seeing people and all of the everything that comes with recruiting i can't tell you everything there is because i don't uh i mean i'm not right in the middle of it you know but when football is on i wish i could but looking at some of what georgia looks like this year offensively and defensively. One thing you and I talked about preseason was, and I, I, I mentioned it, and it's kind of a long shot, could Georgia's offense, which we thought at the beginning of the season, be similar, not the same because that's a stretch, 
be similar to an LSU offense of 2019 because with a defense like this, you could be pretty good. And I think we ended the last season around 37, 38 points a game, which is pretty pretty decent. Right now we're 10th in the country at 41.7. And then the opposite side is defensively, I think we ended the year last year right around 10, and we're at 9-1 mm-hmm. right now, which is second in the country. Mm-hmm. Offensively, and I think if you take away those two weeks where we really struggled against Kent State, and I say struggle, we still beat them by 17. Yeah, and I then, know what you mean. And then Missouri was the true struggle, um, which everybody, everybody, every single team in the top, Ohio State struggled with Notre Dame, who we turned out was not a very good football team. Alabama obviously struggled with Texas A&M, could have lost, win it, but then they struggled obviously last week with Tennessee. And Texas. And, and Texas, that was the other one. Yeah, thank you. And uh, which Texas doesn't look bad with Quinn Ewers. I mean, this yeah. will always be an if. But if he's if he's not hurt in that game, I don't know that Alabama wins it. That's true. Um, and then we see, you know, you and I talked about preseason was I thought that Tennessee would finish second in the East because I had a feeling they'd be a pretty good team. I, I picked them 10-2. and two. I don't see a second loss no. coming in their calendar no. right now. But one huge thing that I was trying to pull up here in the SEC, there is a strong possibility – that if things were to go the way they are right now, you could have the potential. Don't think it's going to happen, but you could have a potential of three SEC teams in a college football playoff. Yeah. It's a potential, but it would take uh, Georgia beating a Tennessee. If Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, if that's the way everything shook out, they still a lot of football to be played. Georgia has Tennessee. We've got Mississippi state. Can't overlook Florida. And then Alabama still has to play Ole Miss. Uh, which is a big one, Mississippi State this weekend, and we'll get to some of the other games. But right now, there's that potential of three 11-1 teams, and I still look at what if you have Ole Miss there that has only lost one game and it's to Alabama? Yeah. And if you have Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee at the top, and Ole Miss right now is in seventh, one spot behind Alabama, why would those four teams, if they were 11-1, and and just say you had an undefeated Oklahoma, or not Oklahoma, Ole Miss, uh, Ohio State, more than likely an undefeated Clemson, too. Then there becomes a question, well, who do you let in? Do you just put in the 11-1 winner of the East? Obviously, or not the East, but the SEC, you have mm-hmm. to let that person in. But then it comes down to do you have the runner-up of the West, the runner-up of the East, or the runner-up of the SEC championship? Mm-hmm. Who is it that you decide – goes in at that point that that is where i would not want anything to do with this committee no, I, I wouldn't either comes. but but if i put myself on the committee um i i would i would say that you, you can't you you couldn't do that yes you could and you know catering to more sec fans that are going to listen to this they would they would love it but it would be to the detriment oh yeah of the sport itself um because you could say the same thing with Michigan and Ohio State. You know, if Michigan beats Ohio State, they both, or no, let's see. Um, well, one of them is going to have a loss. But it's going to come down to those two teams mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. But you could say, well, they steamrolled everybody. Yep. Then all of a sudden, you got a one loss. You there. got a one loss. How can you not let both of them in? Now I'm not a Big Ten guy, and I don't care for Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, you know they keep talking about they t- keep talking about the Michigan running back Corum, yeah. who's having a great year. 
But all I think about is when he had to play a real defense against Georgia last year, what'd he do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> not a damn Which thing. Which not a lot of people did anything against, exactly. against Georgia's now, defense. Now, people but. are going to say, well, that was last year, this is this year. Absolutely correct. You know, teams, people are supposed to get better. But they say that when it works in their favor, especially for a national brand like Michigan, because people are t- sick and tired of the SEC. Oh, yeah. But national media will point to that. But that when it comes to, say, Georgia, they're always going to reference last year. Oh, yeah. And you can't you got, say, yeah, well, that was to. last year, this is this year. And they yeah. go, no, no, no. And they want – so what, they kind of pick, if you, if you listen to them, if if it's a if it has to do with with Georgia in particular, they got no problems talking about last year. But if you talk about Michigan last year, going, that was not a very good football team. They 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 got up to beat Ohio State. Good for them. But that that was a JV team going against a college program yeah. in the Orange Bowl. That's all there was to it. I mean, I like Dusty Dvorak. And, I mean, the next morning he's like, that score, it stayed where it is because Georgia decided enough is enough. Yeah. Because, like we've talked about, it could have been a lot worse than it was. And so that that is something that I find irritating. But are they a good team? Yeah, they're a good team this year. And, and, but to go to your, to your question, what, what's going to happen with, with TCU? This is the big, big 12, uh, uh, champion, and I don't know how they break down. I think they pick. They don't have divisions. They take the two best teams, I and think they. That's how it works there. Yeah. But I mean, TCU. You know, you couldn't. You couldn't leave them out. This is the year that it should be the proving point for an expanded Banshee. playoff. Because let's just say, if you want chaos upon the top, make it simple in the SEC and have four eleven and one teams sitting there. But now all of a sudden, give Ohio State a loss, give Michigan a loss, give TCU a loss, and all of a sudden you might have and eight 11-1 teams sitting there at the end of the year, and you're sitting here going, okay, let's represent the SEC, let's represent the Big Ten, the ACC if Clemson was to have a loss, because mm-hmm. you have to put them there. Now, I don't, I don't think that Clemson belongs in a college football playoff this year, not because they're not mm-hmm. a good football team, but because of how well Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee even, you have, you have oh to admit it, gosh. TCU, how good these other teams are playing and how lackluster, really. Clemson has a good defense, and they always have. Their offense is so much further behind this year than the rest of the team. There's a reason that they're down where they are and not sitting at two or one or even three is because – they, yeah, they've got a good defense, and they're sticking in there, and they're winning. So you can't drop them, you know. No, you can't. But they're but, not. But they would be if you. I, I bet you we could pick twelve teams that would that yeah. are better if you if they played head to head because of all that we just discussed. We didn't even talk about you know even though they just lost, but USC, yep. UCLA, and even Oregon. Yes, everybody brings up what happened to the first game of the season, but since then they have playing a lot better. Come so, on. Head to head, UCLA, Clemson. That might be a pretty good game. Yeah. It USC, Clemson, Oregon, Clemson. That might be a pretty good game, and you could be, be a flip of the coin. Maybe one of those teams might have the edge, but 
I wouldn't put Clemson ahead of Ohio State. I wouldn't put them ahead Michigan. I wouldn't put them ahead Tennessee. Are you kidding me? Mm. So, again, if you took head-to-head of some of those teams, would you pick Clemson to win? And I, I wouldn't say that. No. Especially especially seeing – one thing I dislike right now is there. there's the argument everybody keeps making, should Ohio State be number one over Georgia? And I don't know. We're not going to really know that until we get deeper into the season where do you see – Let's see if Georgia's for real. You're gonna Georgia is about to go through their tests. Yeah. And I've said this since the start of the season. The second half of this season is going to be the stretch where you see if Georgia's meant to be or if they're gonna make it again to the playoffs for another season and possibly try to fight for another national championship. Because you're gonna get that. You might not get it this week against or next week, excuse me, against Florida, but then you have Tennessee, which has come alive. Mississippi State, and I'm still not going to sleep on Kentucky, even though they don't look as good, especially without Will Levis. If, if Kentucky doesn't have Will Levis and he's not a threat, Kentucky is an easier football team to beat. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like a Florida. That's just what it is. But Ohio State, Michigan might be the only test they get at the end of the season. Because oh, Wisconsin's yeah. not as good as they used to be. No. Uh, Minnesota, I thought, looked look better, but they're not what they were just a couple of years ago. Uh, Penn State, we saw what they looked like against Michigan or Michigan last week. Michigan State's not anything. And I don't know exactly who they play, how their division lines up. Again, we, we being in Georgia, you mainly look and pay attention to the SEC. But the same thing, same thing like you said with, with TCU and Oregon, which I've said on the show week in and week out, I want Oregon to beat everybody handedly, and they have. Since they lost to Georgia, the teams they beat, they're putting up 40-something points a game, it seems like, every week yeah. that I look. And they've got their test this week. They play UCLA. So there's a big matchup versus That's nine, a good game. Yeah. 9 versus 10 this weekend. And yeah. it's kind of a another one where if Oregon takes care of business against UCLA in this one, all of a sudden everybody starts to go, okay, that win for Georgia was very good. Oh, yeah. And I see Tennessee, you know, Tennessee fans, it, it makes me laugh that they're like, we should be the number one team in the country. And one in particular put up all the games that Tennessee won and put the ranking beside those teams when they played. But then they decided to put Georgia's teams but not put the ranking next to them for the teams that were ranked when Georgia played them. Now, it's not many. Oregon won, which is still ranked in a top ten team and so far has proven that. Um, but it's also it, – it doesn't matter, and it won't matter for another couple of weeks. No. I, people get all hot and bothered about this number one. It, it really doesn't – matter at all because if you go out and win your games it is what it is now I know people are going to argue well it matters maybe the very last because if you're ranked number one you're playing number four but you know who, who knows that number four you know yeah. could could be you know uh, there's been years where you know Ohio State didn't even win the Big Ten they got the vote in they were number well they won the whole thing yeah so uh I don't get too worried about number one. I'll be honest with you. I, it wouldn't bother me if Georgia was not ranked number one. It just it like that's just noise. You just like it, it's immaterial. You if just play the game yeah. and you win, all of that will sort itself out. And if even if you at the end of the day are not ranked number one, well, we're definitely going to be ranked in the top four yeah. if yeah. we take care. And we beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. There's always going to be a team out there that gets beat. That's a it's a surprise. Yeah, 
called upsets. Somebody somebody is going to stub their toe. Uh, but people just get so insane about this, and it really doesn't. It the rankings to it's completely pointless. When you get into the playoff committee, they have a little more merit, but it, it's still not a big deal. Yeah, you got to just keep playing and keep winning, and all of that will work itself out. Yeah. So, I I don't really. If you're the number one ranked team, you know you've got a bullseye on your back. If you're ranked, you know, if you're ranked two or three or four, yes, everybody's, you're still a heck of a really good team, but everybody cares about this number one. And it's, who cares? It doesn't matter. It it won't matter until, like you said, we get to college football playoff committee. Their first one, it's coming out in a couple weeks. I think it comes out right before Georgia and Tennessee play. And that it is going to be some – to me, I think it's not going to be – it's just going to be a conversation piece because the first one does not matter. We know that it does not matter until we get to December when the big one comes out and it's like, all right, these are your four teams that are playing. That is when you need and won't have to be in the top four for playing for the playoffs. And it's just going to be a conversation piece before we play that November 5th game against Tennessee. When that time comes, you may, they may put Tennessee up there just to cause controversy. But I will say the best thing that could have happened to Georgia, and I think we finally started to see that, was when they ranked us number one, it started to get in the heads of our players. I'm not saying that it did, but I feel like it did, at least my opinion. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. And the best thing that happened was we didn't play as great against Kent State, and we almost lost at Missouri. And it was a wake-up call. And not many opportunities has Georgia had in the past to be ranked one and not lose a game to drop down in the rankings. Because right. when you lose, obviously fall. You see what Alabama did. But now you have that kind of second berth, so to speak, where you are back in the top spot. But I think now they're humbled enough to know, hey, just like Kirby has told them, just because you are here does not mean you'll be there next week. Anybody can lose any given week to any team, yeah. even if you're not supposed to. And that's the only thing I'm, I'm, I feel a lot better this week as far as yeah, we're ranked number one. But these guys realize you can be ranked number one and be humbled very quickly. Yeah. So, yes, you still have the bullseye, but I think they at least understand now, hey, I know we're number one, but we still got to take care of business because if we don't, they've proven. Matter. They've proven we will yeah. not be number one next yeah. week, even if we win. And they've yeah. shown that. Um, so that's that's one good thing. Um, now, go ahead. sorry, go, no, 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 I, no, I, I interrupted you because we have prefaced, we have talked about, we've – so we've covered Florida. We're not overlooking Florida. Yeah, yeah. But um, we've we've flirted around playing Tennessee. That is, you know, that's the big one. Possibly now, one of the biggest in Sanford Stadium history, dating back true. to the seventies against. Now Florida. I will I will say this before I go back to my yeah. where I'm I'm headed. We can't we cannot sleep on Mississippi State. No. Okay. Absolutely not. But not, not going to the cowbell country of the world either. Yeah. It's going to be loud and they're going to throw the ball. Yeah. But the good thing, just just before we get into Tennessee, is Tennessee is an air raid team. We saw it. We've, we've seen what they – your secondary has to be fast and elite, just like Kirby says, or they will blow past you. And the same thing will happen when you play Mississippi State. Yeah. So I will say this. Fast and elite, Yes. But here's the biggest one that I don't I don't hear it very often, is 
they the secondary has got to be disciplined. Yeah. Because True. you hear coaches, and I, my good friend who was a coach, he said, look, I, I was an adult. I was a grown man, and, and our jobs depended on 18, 19, 20, maybe 21-year-olds doing what we had taught them, yeah. coached them to do. But they still have got that brain to either bite on a fake <laughs> or whatever it is that you warn them about all week. And that one play, and boom, the guy's got a step and a half on you, and you, you, you're toast. Um, so, when it comes to Tennessee right here, right now, what are your thoughts of that game? I think a, a lot of it, Tennessee does not have a good defense. And I, this, is, this is one thing that I pulled up. When you're, and granted, it's Alabama. We'll just, I'll preface by saying that at the start. I was trying to pull up the points for and the points against. This is one big difference. Georgia's defense, nine, nine points a game is what we're giving up. Tennessee has given up 23 points a game defensively. Offensively, they're getting everything they want just like Georgia is right now. I think Tennessee leads the country. I think they're one or two, I believe, in the country as far as points per game. So they're going to score. They're going to come out fast. But I also revert back to, like you said at the beginning, last year. They started fast against Georgia last year in Knoxville and had a lead and looked like this could go exactly like this game last week went against Alabama where they were streaking down the field and had guys wide open and, again, had a lead on Georgia. Nobody put 17 points on the board against Georgia until that game last year, but Georgia's defense completely stopped it in the second quarter and from that second half on, that didn't happen anymore. So whatever it is as far as locking down the secondary is one of the big things. But I also believe – Will Anderson's name was never called last week in that game. Yeah. There was no – there was – nobody ever really got in the face of Hendon Hooker. Now, I credit their defense, Tennessee's. They got in Bryce, Bryce yes. Young's face all the time. Yes. And he still made them pay from time to time. This game still came down to a field goal at the end. They were in his face, and he was still dicing it up. But but I never really saw anybody in Hendon, Hendon Hooker's face. And they he had all day to throw. And if you give him all day to throw 40, 50 yards down the field, your secondary better be disciplined, like you said, and being able to hang with these guys or we'll get burned left and right. But uh, it was just strange to see how much they gashed, even at the end of the game, which I'll talk about this in a second, mm-hmm. the play calling by Alabama's offense. I didn't understand why with 20 seconds left they, they played the way they did. But with a prevent defense on, Tennessee still drove 45 yeah. yards down the field yeah. and had guys – first guy was wide open for like 20 yards to get them almost in field goal range. The next guy made a great catch to do it. But offensively, I hope for Georgia we get wide receivers back because I think we can score at will against them. I don't think their defense is that good. Stetson Bennett luckily is a lot like Bryce Young as well as far as – he's not a Heisman Trophy winner. He may not make the same plays – but he can at least scramble, and his feet will make a difference in this game instead of somebody standing still. Um, but when they come, he has to be able to read that if you got six guys coming at your face, somebody's open somewhere, you better mm-hmm. find them mm-hmm. and find them quick. But then defensively, same thing. Keely Ringo, Christopher Smith, Tyke Smith, all of these guys that we have back there, and a huge one, uh, Malachi Starks. These guys have to play lights out and discipline football, keeping up with this secondary. Because you have the notebook from last week 
of paying attention to this is what to do as far as what Alabama didn't do keeping up with the wide receivers. This is also what not to do as far as being undisciplined and getting not, what, 18, 17 penalties in a game. Yes. And, by the way, they are the worst in the country this year at penalties, which I don't think has ever happened under the Nick Saban era. And I tweeted that that's just undisciplined. Yeah. How much – and it kills me how much they they argue and say, oh, the refs were against us. No, 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 no. Welcome to, first of all, welcome mm-hmm. to football, something that you've never seen before because you always get the calls. But And there were calls that could have gone against Tennessee, but there were also calls that could have gone against Alabama. Well, that I mean, also, you can't ignore the fact of how loud and rambunctious the exactly. state That's was. one thing I'm also, and I said this last week, I'm very thankful that this game is in – in Sanford Stadium and not Knoxville because I wouldn't want to go there again this year. I thought the same thing coming into this Alabama-Tennessee game that Alabama did the same thing except that they were in that game for three quarters last year when they played it before Alabama pulled away from Tennessee. Georgia, it was only a half. In the second half, Georgia pulled away handedly and beat them. I thought it could be similar this year, maybe a little closer at the end, not nearly as close as it was, but that's still to say the same thing now that Georgia's defense just has to be and it doesn't necessarily have to be on the line because I don't think they're going to run on you very heavily. But our our secondary has to, I mean, seriously, yeah. lights out better than we've ever played. And again, luckily you get uh, you get the playbook of what to do and what not to do against their defense because they spread you out so wide, and you have to cover the entire field when playing defense against their offense because that's what it is. That's that's the Josh Heupel defense or offense that he runs and it's been successful obviously you go last year what they won 10 games nine games last year and they're on the precipice to do the exact same thing this year and are fighting for the east very quickly um so defense has to play lights out but i do want to go back to the commenting of i don't understand how alabama with less than a minute to play three straight downs instead of running the ball you're in field goal position you're in field goal position to win the game Granted, he hadn't been that great. Obviously, we saw it at the very end. But why do you throw the ball three straight times and with like 28 seconds, 27 seconds left maybe in the game, you're you're fourth down and the clock stopped instead of let me run the ball, get it in position to where my kicker wants to be, right hash, middle, left, wherever. You have two chances. It's either two seconds left on the clock, you're either going to win this game or you're going to overtime. I don't understand that play calling of they went down and ran stop clock the entire time, basically gave enough time to where if you miss the field goal, it gives Tennessee an opportunity who has been busting you left and right, and then they did it. Miss the field goal, you don't win the game, you're not going to overtime, Tennessee has a chance, and you gave it to them. And they drove, again, prevent defense, boom, 25 yards down the field. Prevent defense again, boom, 15 yards down the field, easy field goal range, call a timeout, two seconds are on the clock and we beat you. So I don't understand that play calling from them, but that's not us. Yeah. So for us, again, I think it's just our secondary has to be disciplined. And we'll get to this week. You know, next week we'll be previewing Florida. The week after that will be previewing that game, which is going to be the biggest one. Um, but if I'm looking at it right now, we got to affect Hinton Hooker some way. I think if you get in his face, we're going to see what happens. Can he and does he have an opportunity to throw to these guys? True. Or, but, but we have not – done that at all we've not done it at all or is this a truly we we have to sit back and make him beat us with his arm make them try to beat us on the ground which they're not going to do because georgia's defense has proven you do not run the football 
on Georgia's defense. And we've proven this for every single year that I've watched Georgia, especially all the way back to the 2017 season. If you're running effectively against Georgia, congratulations, because not many teams do that. Yeah. A lot of it, I think, like you said, we don't – we have – when I looked last week, we don't have anybody on a chart that even registers as a sack leader, yeah. as a tackle for loss leader. Yeah. I know. Any of that, which I did I did credit to the Georgia defense that it's not an individual trying to make a stat for himself. It is Georgia's defense as a whole playing together. But we're not we don't we don't penetrate the line and, and get in like we have in years past. You know, a couple years ago we were really good last year, a little better, and this year it's really non existent. And maybe that's just crediting to we're we're pushing back and, and trying to cover zones like we need to to, to stop a pass because we know they won't run against the line. Maybe that's it. Well, I, I did read a thing where they said that offenses this year are getting rid of the ball a lot quicker than last year. They're getting the ball out of their hands, and that negates some of that pressure. True. Um, if you don't have time to throw it, you know, well, you have to, which he had all day last week would blew my mind. Right, and then and then I heard Cole Kubelik yesterday, who I think is re- I think he's really good, um, talking about, and he made some points. He said, you know, that as far as Georgia, their defense, and and, he, and his his term was they're built very similar to Alabama's defense, and that Alabama defense didn't work. And so I kind of thought about that, and I was like, dang, I'm you know that's 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 probably really accurate and true and then I came away with a we have the advantage of of our coaching our our staff to have that game film for yeah. one yeah. but deep down it's having a belief in our coaches and our staff that they might be able to find a Something like Muschamp found when he was at South Carolina, and they beat number one Georgia at, in Athens. Was you know he was pressing? I think they were they were they were pressing our our wide receivers at the line because yeah. he didn't see, he, he said our wide receivers can't. That's not the case with Tennessee because they've got excellent wide receivers. But hopefully they might find something that might be the. That's what I'm ho- I'm hoping for. Be and hey, Tennessee. This you know they could be a team of destiny. This could this could be that magical yeah. year when we had our conversation the other day with our people from Tennessee. You know, luckily they have a level head about it, and they said, "Look, if you took Hendon Hooker out of this <laughs> equation, yeah." And as he as and as they said. They're just more. They're pleased that they're good. Yeah. Now, whatever they do, as far as the East, possibly playing for the SEC championship and and on, so be it. But as he said, it's just nice to be good. And I thought that was nice to hear because when you lose that as a fan, and we can point. Look, there's probably eons of Georgia fans that are the same way. But you can definitely point to the spoils of Alabama. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean you can't They don't know how to lose. <laughs> you can't you can't reason 
with them. And, and I did, somebody sent me a thing of, of a guy saying they need to go get the goalposts out of the river because it wasn't regulation size or something. I mean, really and truly, I'm reading it hoping this is a joke. But then I go, well, this is an Alabama fan base that you can go back to the beginning of time. Have they ever been level-headed and quote-unquote normal? The, the, the answer as a whole, yeah. absolutely not. That's right. They're out there. There are they're, a few. I, I have a few that I know. They, they are out family there. family that I know. But, uh, and, and we all got them. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, that's why I can't watch Feinbaum because you get these knuckleheads <laughs> – and, and whether, whether it's a Georgia fan that's you know, you know, ranting and raving, a lot of people get the humor out of it. But to me, is I just kind of shake my head like, golly, this is this this is what is projected. Yeah. And I would much rather be able to have a conversation. And I got no problem. Yes, I want to beat Tennessee, hands down. That's probably my number one rival. You know, then would be Florida and be kind of one A and one B. Kentucky following right behind. You know that I would want to beat uh, more than anybody, but you got to give it up to them that you know is this kind of similar to Auburn finding Cam Newton and Tennessee having Hendon Hooker that that was the piece and and just the stars align and this is a team of destiny. Our friends from. Tennessee the other day they were you know they said golly if we didn't have them yeah we've got this nothing be the same. Yeah. you know and, and I don't think that's necessarily fair to say they'd have nothing but it's I mean it's, same, it's, 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 he's same a same difference there. he's a difference maker same as Cam Newton just like you said if you don't have Cam Newton it's not that you won't be a decent football team but there is that it's a difference it's maker. not an I and team but there is a me and sometimes that one me does make a bit of a difference well you're talking about the guy that he touches the ball every offensive every play. Day, that's right. So you can't ignore that. Yeah. And and uh, I I like the fact you know it's been the SEC West has been so dominant for so long. Obviously with Alabama, and then you'd have a year where Auburn might slip up and be at the top. Then you've got LSU. You know you've had those three, but you know. Uh, course people want to talk about texas a&m don't even get me on them all right so i'm not that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> all right but then you get to the i like the fact that the east is gaining more traction instead of just being georgia yes I've, i want to be the representative of the east of course i do but instead of people being like well georgia's got doesn't have to play anybody they got nobody in their conference similar to clemson yeah i know they're playing syracuse <laughs> this year i mean this week but as a whole, it would be good. Yeah, you know, Georgia's kind of battle-tested. You know, they they played a really good Florida team. They played a heck of a Tennessee team. Now, those are going to be the three. Uh, I think South Carolina, they'll they'll be, you know, fair. Kentucky, they they have their up years, and, and it's a good, it, a good team. But they're not – I don't see them ever being a real national yeah, threat. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I like that. I don't want it just to be a cakewalk. So back to uh, one thing. I want to know if you heard about this. You talk about how Alabama fans just ruthless. How you know get the get the goalpost out. It's not right. Did you see the videos that they have now put up, thinking that the head referee was cheering for Tennessee? 
I don't know. I'm thinking about making a video or something funny about this. But they think that he's cheering because when they replay one of the touchdowns Tennessee had, puts his hands up, confirmed, touchdown. And when he puts his hand down, he goes and walks off. And they think that that was indicative of him pulling for Tennessee and cheering I'm for not. Tennessee. That When I saw that is when I looked and I was like, okay, there is a difference in we got a lot of penalties in this game, which, again, hello, wake-up call, you know, Simmons was on sides, and even the referee after it came back. 98% of the time in games against Alabama, wherever the game is held, most calls will go their way. Again, I'm not saying that there are calls that don't, but 98% of the calls in this game were rightfully so called. Yeah. Rightfully so. Uh, False start, delays of game, holding penalties on your offensive line. Yeah. Stark, easy to pick out. Pass interferences here and there. Some of those are toss-ups. Yeah. Did Alabama miss a call on one? Did they? Should they have had one against Tennessee? Yes. Was the one in the end zone against Tennessee that they called defensive pass interference against Tennessee when it should have been offensive against Alabama? That 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 call went against Tennessee. Was Bryce Young targeted? Yes. And I will stop saying that because he was, and they took the call back. But at the end of the day. Those penalties, you say, okay, well, you know, if you don't commit those, it's a different ball game. They gave up well over 100 yards in this game of just penalty yards alone. And Nick Saban had to take blood pressure medicine the night before so he could go to sleep or the night after because it's it, it was that big of a game where the, the undisciplined truly showed up. Um, but that just that blew my mind that they thought that they they literally think that a referee. Well, you asked the question if I have seen it, yeah. and the answer is no. Okay, so I'm gonna pull it up for you after, um, after we uh, after we finish. So and so I'm not can... surprised. And you, listen, you could pick apart anything and everything from every game, and you can you can lean it your way or another. Um, I did I did like the guy that sent me the thing about the goalposts. Yeah. He did send me some comments, and there were some comments from some Bama fans. It was like, "All right, we lost the game. We got to get yeah. over it." Geez, you know, time to move on. It's nice to see that, and I, I, I'm not saying that they were Alabama fans because they wrote that, because it could have been it could have been anybody that wrote it. But when you look in a profile picture, and it's it's a they're Bama either they're, <laughs> that or they've got the Alabama garb on, that gives it more credence that they are, and so. That, if I had to be in a room with somebody like that, if it was a a Georgia fan, I'd have to walk away. Oh yeah, I couldn't deal with that. It's it's that's that is, uh, but it just goes to show the passion and blah 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 blah. Come on, we (laughs) we got to get a grip on reality. Yeah, it's and it's important. Now we'll we'll kind of get back to Tennessee here. I finally found the the number here. Georgia is only a touchdown difference offensively than Tennessee is. Okay. Six points is the difference. Right now, Georgia's 41.7. Tennessee is 47.7. So it's literally either two field goals or a touchdown, however you want to look at that different offensively, in comparison to 9-1 defensively Georgia, Mm -hmm. 23 is what Tennessee gives up. The comparison with Alabama is 45 and 18 points for and points against. And some of this you can look at and you can say, okay, Tennessee's going to put up more than nine points. And I think both of us can agree, Tennessee's probably going to put up 20, 
they might even put up 30 points in the game against Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Georgia's defense isn't that good. It's also you have to look at the fact that Tennessee's offense is that good. They're excellent. Even if your defense is playing lights out, this could still be a game that's 38-31. to 31. Well, you know? listen, I get the, the statistics, and I don't – you know, I'm not I'm not ignoring them, but I will have to say, yes, 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 Kent State and all these teams put up points that shouldn't have, blah, blah, blah. But there there is no denying Georgia's first game against Oregon, that was a heck of a game. But, you know, Tennessee, to their credit, has beaten quality teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went to Pittsburgh, beat, you know, I mean, I think somebody was saying they were the ACC champs last year. Yeah. You know, so they did beat them at Pittsburgh, um, and I don't, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I know that they, they've got several quality wins. Um, so the stats, as far as their defense and their offense, yes, I mean, my gosh, the points they can put up. I'm, I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to put a whole lot into that. I get it. There's a, there's merit to it, but for Georgia's front end of their True. Very true. Uh, it, 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 it's not compare. It, it's it's too it's too. It, it, there's too many differences yeah. in the in the competition level. The second half will is going to be different. Yeah, I, I agree with that because again, Tennessee, Mississippi State, not to outlook Florida, not to overlook yeah. them. But yeah. it, quick on that, I saw somebody put up their top five quarterbacks in the SEC, and. I don't need Stetson Bennett to be on that top five. I understand it. Now, Stetson Bennett, to the surprise, he is the second best passing, what is it, passing yards in the SEC. Right behind, I think, uh, uh, Will Rogers of Mississippi State. Really? Yeah, Will Rogers has has very high numbers. Um, But that somebody had Bryce Young, and then they had, uh, I think it was Anthony Richardson second. And then it was – Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, and you go oh, down there yeah. like that. And I was like, how, how, how in the world do you put Anthony Richardson above? First of all, Will Will Rogers alone after after how he's looked. Now, I didn't look that that good last week, but then Hendon Hooker and the way he's looked too looks ten times better than Anthony Richardson. There's oh. games where Anthony Richardson looks like he could be the next, you know, Cam Newton, but then there's games where he looks like he, you know, could be the next T.J. Finley. Yeah. <laughs> playing for him, so yeah. that was a surprise to me. But I mean, looking at this is this is preseason and starting the season AP rankings. It is hard to believe that Kentucky, not starting, but the highest they got was seventh in the country, and Florida was twelfth at one point in time. Florida was twelfth, and yeah. I think when Tennessee and Florida played, Florida was ranked then. And there's, there's a few other games where Tennessee has played a team that was ranked that is no longer, in the same way with Georgia, played teams that were ranked and is no longer. Yep. And uh, the the West compares opposites. Six of the seven teams at one point have been ranked in the top 25. All yeah. with the exception to Auburn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the uh, Tennessee-Florida game got a lot of hype. I, di- I didn't really think, you know, I mean, I granted they were excited to beat them. Yeah. But I, I, didn't, I didn't think Tennessee had uh, anything to worry about in that game, personally. No. I, re- I just didn't. Um, I was I, w- I will say this. It was a daytime game, which I do feel is a little different because it's hard to play in Death Valley when you play LSU. Yeah. It's very hard to play at night, just like playing at night in Knoxville. Yeah. Just like we keep hoping that they're going to give us a night game 
to play Tennessee November 5th. More than likely that's going to be 330 or yep. CBS. But yep. uh, the fact that they still just laid it to LSU, which I think LSU may have been 25th at the time they played. That's the highest they got, and that's as far as they got when it came to being ranked. But they throttled them. And yes. that was kind of the wake-up call that I think you probably enjoyed seeing uh, Brian Kelly get. Kelly Bryant? Yeah. Brian Wh- Kelly. Whichever yeah. one it is. Uh, <laughs> now I'm getting mixed up. That was that was hello. Welcome yeah. to the SEC, truly. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, I mean, they beat the snot out of them. Yeah. And, and make no mistake, those Cajuns, they'll burn his house down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> had, had, had really, had that been a night game at Death Valley? Oh, now, it, my, I still don't think it's as bad of a beatdown, but had they beat them that bad at night, it, it could have been, you know, riots in the street almost as if Tennessee had, you know, beat yeah. Alabama or something yeah. in Knoxville. <laughs> yeah. But there, there's there's big games on the rise. Tennessee, I think they have what? Oh, they got Kentucky coming up. Nothing this week, and then I think they have Kentucky before they play us. Yeah, they've got UT Martin, Kentucky then us, Missouri, South Carolina, and Vandy. So yeah. they're 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 really their their big game. Um, it, now it's a heated rivalry game between Tennessee and Kentucky. So, but they they've got Kentucky at home. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, so I'm I'm at least they'll have they'll have to they'll definitely have to pay attention to Kentucky, because um, Kentucky might have a chip on their shoulder. And I think Kentucky has been, I don't know how many years prior to that have been. Be, has been they've been winning that game, yeah. and then they come and play us, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we are uh, we're playing our A plus game, and maybe they don't because yeah. I mean they 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 are they are prolific. They are also hey we've we could go this season beating Florida, beating Bama, and beating Georgia if we do that that they haven't done since. A long time. Nineties. Um, well, I don't. Beating all three. Beat, I mean. Yeah, beating all three. Yeah. Probably, probably because I mean, when I was in high school and college, in the nineties, that 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 Tennessee Florida game, as we talked before, that was the game. Yeah. To decide the East, I mean, and it it was. I mean, they were kind of the Alabamas of the SEC in those days. Florida was for sure. Tennessee, you know, that my God, they had some team. I mean, of course, they won a national championship, but I mean, even before then, I mean, they, those games were they were the definition of must see TV. Yeah, I mean, I can remember it. And Georgia, yeah, I mean, hell, we lost to both of them every time, you know, uh, but. You know, I, that would be that. That's why I'm saying, you know, is this a team of destiny? I, you know, I hope I want Georgia to win. I hope they do. But holy cow, uh, that that they they are scary good. Yeah, it's a it's a big one. It's not something that I think Georgia fans necessarily fear as much as we we know. Just like playing Missouri, we know that there is two possibilities, and there always is. It's fifty fifty. You're going to win. You're going to lose. Right. But we also have the side of. I think we're finally starting to move past the Mark Richt, Georgia, of always going, all right, there's one game that we're just going to crap the bed on and we're going to lose. And maybe that was the Missouri game. But we're now at a phase where we're like, all right, we're going to get two Georgia teams. And you better hope the one that showed up against Oregon, the one that showed up against second-half Georgia, the one that showed up against Vanderbilt, that's the team you want to show up. But Mm -hmm. if the team that shows up against Missouri – 
shows up and even the parcelness of Kent State. Oh gosh. It's going to be a very, very long day in San Francisco in Athens. Now and and again, that's not a fear of it as much as it's we understand what's coming down the road. And the good thing is Tennessee is well past their bye. They don't have a bye right here. Right. They still even though they're not playing anybody important this week, they have Kentucky next week. Just like Georgia has to focus, and us as fans, we're going to look and say, Florida's a big game. We're looking forward to it. Anything can happen. But we all want to know what happens November 5th. Yes. They have to do the same thing, and they are ranked third in the country right now. So they have just as much as we do the week they play Kentucky, the week we play Florida, they have the same possibility of trying to either overlook the opponent in front of them and look forward to that big game coming up. But it's also SEC football which injuries happen. Things happen in these games. You go back to that 2020 season with the Kyles at Florida, and we have a wide receiver that breaks his ankle on a touchdown play, and we lose to Florida. You know, injuries bit us very hard in that game, and that can matter a lot come Tennessee. That's why each week we preview what we think could happen and what it looks like. But right now we have a bye week where we kind of get to look forward, and, and Florida's up first. We can't overlook it as far as players go. But then there's a big one looming, and Kentucky has the big one, you know, looming for them too. They want to try to knock somebody off. Well, that's a that's a really good point. Uh, talking about the the games uh, a week from now um, on October the 29th is that you know Kentucky's laying in wait for Tennessee, and same with Florida laying in wait for Georgia. Yep. And so that that's a that's a good point. I, I didn't really. Um, I didn't really make that connection that you can't sleep on either one of them. And so being focused and uh, so that's, that, that's good. I mean, I like, I like it for both of them to, to have a really, um, a really good game prior to their meeting. Yeah. It's not, neither of those games, I think for either team are going to be a cakewalk. The good thing for Georgia is you have the buy coming into this. You have the ability to get guys healthy, get prepared. You have two weeks to prepare, which I, I said this last week. I do not doubt that Kirby is smart enough. His last name smart for crying out loud, but anyways. <laughs> there is a strong possibility through this week before they take a break. They may look ahead and say, hey, let's let's get some schemes out there for you guys to be ready for. Yeah. Because we're not going to practice for it next week. All we're focusing on is Florida. Yeah. And we're going to look at all of that, game planning for that. But then the week after that, y'all need a head start on what you need to look forward to on November 5th. I've got a wedding I've got to go to on November 5th. and the, uh, the Oh, I know. You don't. You know it. And he's a Georgia fan. Uh, his, his wife's probably an Alabama fan, so that's probably why she did it. But no, I'm just kidding. But but it's it's their wedding is at 6.30 Georgia time. So it's almost like, all right, if it's a 3.30 kick, which more than likely it's going to be, that's going to be the end of the game. I'm just standing here with my phone. Oh, it's going to be very difficult brutal. to pay attention. But so part of me kind of hopes it's a night game so I can watch most of it. But uh, well, if she's an Alabama fan, then that she she scheduled it on Bama LSU. Yeah, usually you would pay attention to that game, but you know. So my anniversary, my anniversary is the fifth. So you're not going to be watching the game either. Y'all and, be out for dinner. Oh and no, doing all no, that. no. I mean, and that's what's so great is when we. You know, my wife and her, as I've told you, my wife and her friends, they're like, if, if somebody has a fall wedding, if you schedule it on a Georgia game day, 
don't ask me to be a bridesmaid because yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not going now. It's not that she's crazy fanatical uh, about it, but it's like she, she they got it. They care, Her yeah. friends got it, and so it is nice that we were talking about it that our anniversary is you know whatever we decide to do either the night before or the night after sandwich it in we've got you know the game of quite possibly well i don't want to say game of the year but it's the game of of the regular season oh yeah yeah for georgia at least for no doubt no, so luckily when when it, i'm the same way i mean my anniversary just passed this past monday and i can remember the the night we got married was georgia missouri 2015 yeah. a field goal game it, yeah. it ended like 9 to 6 or something yeah. like that nothing but field goals the entire game because I would ask somebody hey what, what, you know, what's yeah. the score yeah. and they were like oh we won all we did was kick field goals which was a great game to miss if you're going to miss any but uh, but yes yeah, so I've got that to go to but I'm still going yeah, I mean you know me I'm still yes. glued to it you, listening yeah. to it yeah. whatever it is uh, whether it's we got to go and, and be there three hours early just to watch it instead of riding in the car listening not that I don't want to listen to Scott Scott Howard because he he does a great call, but uh, it's it's different watching a big game like that. Well, you, I know, I know that I don't want to take too much time away from what we're talking about, but I have told you that I was a groomsman. Um, I was sta- I was sitting in the back of a church listening to a little radio with with the the groom and the groomsmen, and it was the Georgia South Carolina game. And it was the game where David Pollock, you know, it was the strip sack oh, or whatever the they call it in the end zone, yes, and okay. they scored. And, and we were listening on the radio, and it was so much kind of confusion because at first you thought he was going to tackle him for a safety, and then all you know all of this, and everybody except for the groom. The groom is a Clemson guy, huh. but he he had a vested interest, and in all of his best friends and all of them, most of them were all. South Carolina fans and I am the lone bulldog in there and I you know I contained myself sitting in the back of a church we were in a church kitchen waiting that's where we had to sit and wait the dirty looks that I got <laughs> so anyway it's it's uh, I've already been thinking in my mind and I may have to text them this that if this game's at 3:30 and and obviously their wedding being at 5:30 if this comes down to the end of the game when they're standing at the altar, I may tell him that if he hears a go dogs in the crowd, that means <laughs> oh, that no. we won and you can relax. Or or you know what? I may I may have to talk with him a little bit about that because uh, that's a that's a big one. So one do you have anything else that you kinda wanna talk about? Oh yeah, one thing I wanted to look at before we before we kinda jump away from this was the big games bigger games, I should say, around the country. So you have Iowa and Ohio State. That's at lunchtime. The only thing I'll say about this is this will be the best defense Iowa's. I mean, Ohio State's played yeah. because Iowa's defense is the only thing they have. Um, but they should still roll. Syracuse and Clemson's a big one. That's two undefeateds. Fourteen that, that and five be, could be interesting. Yeah, twenty Texas and eleven Oklahoma State could be another interesting one. I still think with Quinn Ewers though, Texas is a completely different team than what they yeah. were a couple of weeks ago without him. And then the big one that we talked about earlier, and this is one again, if Oregon beats every team fifty to nothing every week, that's a good thing for Georgia. Yeah, oh, yeah. to schedule everything. They they number ten they host number nine UCLA, so that's going to be that's a big one. That's a huge one. That, yeah, that that's going to be probably the biggest insight to what the the I mean a lot of football still to play, but what's going to happen with the Pac twelve? Yeah, you know who's going to be sitting atop 
yeah. the Pac-12 when that time comes. Because if Oregon keeps winning, and their only losses to the number one team in the country, now granted, it was a dog whooping. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I mean, you, there, there's something to be said there. You got Miss Ole Miss at Louisiana, LSU, I should say. Um, and I, I don't want to sleep on on this one. Uh, Kansas State, Texas, or TCU, that's a big one. I don't want to sleep on this one. Is Mississippi State at Alabama? Now, we have said, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, when Alabama plays a tough game like they did against Texas A&M two weeks ago, they generally come back ready to bite somebody the week after. And, woo, good sneeze there. <laughs> Normally they come back ready to bite somebody. Well, they got bit last week. Yeah. I've never seen Alabama have two weeks back-to-back where it's like, yep. whoa. That was, that was interesting. Now, this is a chance for Mississippi State to get off the mat after last week's game against Kentucky, which I thought – I oh, thought yeah. Mississippi State was going to rock on with it, and, and they didn't, especially after the game that Will Rogers had the week before, you know, breaking Aaron Murray's records and, and such. But this is a chance for Mississippi State. It's a night game in Tuscaloosa is the bad thing for them. But this is a chance for either Mississippi State to come in and, and come back alive and Alabama to con- to continue to do what they've done the past two weeks, you know. Or this is the possibility that Alabama finally is like, all right, that's enough. And, and – I, I think it I think it's very intriguing um and I, I I hope it's funny before you said this you you asked the question is there anything else that I would want to say the only thing I could think about is that when I look at all these you know looking at the SEC and I'm looking at the the coaches and the lives that they are able to live with the money that they make and their success and they so on and so forth the smartest let me let me I don't want to say smartest the guy that's got life figured out hands down hands down Mike Leach yeah <laughs> to 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 live in Starkville which is very similar to the area we live in the yeah. way the way the topography is and so on and so forth but to live in Starkville college town great college town okay and then his ha- his other house. He lives in the Florida Keys. Oh yeah, I forget you showed me that that uh that portrait. But I mean, he's it. yes, but he he's been in the Keys for a long time. Yeah, I mean, well before that. I know that you know, thanks to saving, everybody's wants their lake houses. You can have your lake house. <laughs> and granted, the Keys is a busy place with a lot of tourists. But you talk about he's got life figured yeah. out, and I love how. The random questions people will ask. Could you imagine somebody asking Nick Saban about Halloween candy? You know, they, they could. He, he'd probably pull out a death ray and just va- yeah. vaporize yeah. somebody. Get out of here. Uh, I, 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 I like that he, he's – it's not that he's not a serious coach. He's a serious coach. He takes his profession seriously, and he works hard. But he has found time – before it was too late to also enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah. Spurrier to me was the same way. You know, the whole story of them being in the ocean, all the coaches, you know, before they played Tennessee, you know, and the the story of do you think the, the Tennessee coaches are floating in the ocean right yeah. now? You know. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And so I love <clears throat> I, I really like that Mississippi State is having a good year. I was surprised that they lost to Kentucky um, because I just I just am intrigued 
by Mike Leach. And yeah. I just look back and go, the guy's got it figured yeah. out. Yeah. What was it, Marty Smith the week before? It may have even been last week against Kentucky before the game. He's asking him about his coffee or something. And Mike Leach, you know, he's like, I don't really like coffee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm drinking it, you know. (laughs) He's just a funny funny guy to listen to talk. And, again, he he takes his job seriously, but he doesn't take life too seriously. Yeah, you know, he's he's so relevant. You know, Lane Kiffin is quirky and funny. He's he's grown up and matured quite a bit, and, and which is which is which he he's also seems like a really fun guy. But you know, you've got guys like Saban that are are. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think the guy. I mean, people say, "Oh, he's great off the field." Ah, that's bull. I'm sure that he's okay, but I you know he he's never going to stop coaching. Yeah, I think that's a hang up for a lot of guys, and that's fine. Uh, Kirby, uh, he, he lets his hair down a little more and enjoys things a little more. But he he's he comes from that Saban school. He's pretty tight lipped, which I like. Oh yeah, I don't like coaches that 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 tend to spout off or blame their players for losses and yeah um, such. But you know, you get to see it behind the curtain with Lane and Kirby. And must champion those guys because they've got that fun text thread, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, fun, funny stuff. Yeah. So there's more. You, you know that there's more to those guys than their their public persona when they're being interviewed. But uh, I always just think, man, Mike Leach, he's got life figured out, and and that's probably part of the reason he left Pullman, Washington. Was I mean Starkville's a lot closer. You know, a lot easier to get to to the Keys, you know, wherever he has to fly out of to get down to South Florida. Jimmy Johnson, same way. The guy's had it figured out. The the only other guy I know to compare him to is Edo. There's nothing like being a fired coach who's gotten paid millions of dollars to sit on his couch and not coach and stress about football. I saw he went to like a Miami game last week. He's just like, meh. Still got the blonde that he ran away with on his side. Um, one other thing, just just talking about Mississippi State, I don't know if you had heard about uh, they actually had a player that was, I think it was 18. I did. What Sam, happened to him? Sam, Sam Westmoreland was his name. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's speculation that's going around. But but just wanted to send up prayers to, to Mississippi State, obviously yeah. players and family and everybody there as well as, as, well as Coach Leach um, when it comes to that. Because, I mean, anytime a kid – passes it it wasn't something that was on field related or anything like that so that's that's always a good one because that makes your life a whole lot tougher and and more stressful as coaches you know when something like that comes but we don't want to end on a bad note yeah um again just prayers out to that but absolutely a lot of fun yet again yeah talking talking some football and uh i really can't believe we're already to the halfway point i know It, it every season it it feels like Man, when is football season gonna get here? When is it? Gonna, and then it gets here, and it's like finally it's here. Then you blink. We're halfway through the season. We're gonna blink again and be sitting here at Christmas. Yep. And then before you know it, it's gonna be when is when is G Day in April? Yeah. Well, you know that's just every year seems to just go faster and faster. But the fact that Georgia seven and zero, and you talk about Lane Kiffin, that's the only other undefeated team left in the West. That's a weird thing to oh, look yeah. at. They're top of the yeah. West right yeah. now. So even though they're ranked below Alabama, you know. Alabama, I'm sure, will be favored in all of their games left for the rest of the season. But uh, Georgia, 7-0, over halfway through the season. We're in a bye. 
it's kind of nice not having to worry about Georgia play. There's still some games that I want. I want to watch Mississippi State, Alabama, Saturday yes. night because I want to see some of these Oregon. I want to see some of these games that are going on. But it's nice not to have to go. Okay, at three thirty, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> right. You know, you can kind of kind of breathe and relax and take a bye just like the players will. Why didn't uh, Why didn't Dish Network have their chaos on a bye week? Right for us, you know. Well, you know, you know. So two weeks ago, is they Disney Ugh. and them, they completely Ugh. their whole deal. But the thing that blew my mind was it last week. Yes, did that happen? Okay, so yeah. the game goes out. But I, I learned it happened everywhere. I, I even I checked back. You know, again, I grew up in Alabama. I was where like an hour and fifteen minutes from my old hometown. Even people there, and even people with Direct TV, the same thing happened. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't just a dish thing because I was like, "Here we go again." Yeah, but it happened with dish. It had so that's what I said. Something big must have happened because dish went out, Direct TV, everything went out, and I don't know if it happened to you again. I, I quit changing the channel because it's yes. like I would flip back yes. one and it would go out again. Yes. I was like, "What is happening?" Yes, so I yes. finally just stayed on one, which was tough <laughs> because I was flipping back the end of Georgia waxing Vanderbilt and and you know trying to catch. What was going on with Alabama, Tennessee, too? Yeah. And every time I changed, I was like, "All right, this, this isn't gonna work." Uh-uh. Um, uh-uh. So it's... I don't know what happened, but yeah, it would've been nice if it was like, "Hey, Disney, let's wake up on a on a Sunday or Saturday morning. Georgia's not playing. Oh, by the way, you don't have TV." And I'd be like, "Oh, well, couldn't happen at a better week, you know." Uh-huh. And they got it resolved very quickly, but I'm sure there were quite a few uh, SEC fan bases that were calling in saying y'all better figure something out because uh Heck yeah. this don't work for me well you know like i say if you don't pay your bill they, they're gonna yeah. be the first ones oh yeah harassing it's like well i, I pay for this service you, you, you turned you, off what yeah. i'm here to watch yeah <laughs> and, and it uh, couldn't have happened at a worse time but yeah, yeah. i that's what i told you know I've, I've tweeted this out and talked about it on the podcast i don't we don't live somewhere that you have 5g sales signal much less barely even an lte 4g signal yeah and internet is it's not fiber optic where we are <laughs> we're, we're satellite internet and hope it works and I, I went the opposite route and tried to catch a signal to to be so streaming is not an option no where we are and that people are like oh youtube tv and i tried it and i showed you the picture of just how grainy i was watching the game that we almost lost to Missouri. And maybe that's the reason. You know, maybe that's God's way of saying you don't want to watch this game, big guy. <laughs> maybe. But you got uh, a point. But regardless, I mean, we can't stream down no. here. So. And, of course, you know, the overwhelming majority of the population, they all think that fast internet and good cell service, that that's just as common as turning on the faucet. Yeah. Water coming out. And it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's it's. And Direct TV is not really an option over here either, you know. So, but we don't we don't have to dive down into the, yeah. into the streams of that. But I do agree. If they're going to booger something up, do it a weekend that Georgia has a buy. Yes. And and we will still not be happy, but I promise you, we won't be nearly as disappointed uh, as if it was November fifth. If it cuts off. Oh gosh! Uh, don't even. Yeah, I will be. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Something will happen that weekend if it disappears. Granted, I'll be headed to a wedding. Like I said, I may just get there three hours early <laughs> and watch it uh, Watch it from there. But but we'll wrap it up. Hunter, I appreciate you uh, coming on again. Oh, thanks for having me. And, and look forward. I, I enjoy know, it. I know at the end of the season we're going we're gonna to do it again once we get a wrap-up. You huh? know, even if it's just the end of the regular season, whether we're preparing for playoffs or preparing for – 
uh, SEC championship game, national championship, whatever it is, I'm sure we'll come on before then and probably even after just because it's a good and fine, fun conversation. It is. Well, we do it all during the week, you yeah. know, and snip it, so we might as well record it. I was going to say our Monday mornings is, is like, <laughs> a, all right, come in, let's let's get ready for work, but for a good 10, 15 minutes or so, it's, it's well, Recap. you catch the game from yeah. this past weekend, we won't. <laughs> Might not have as much of that Monday this coming week, but uh, oh, but anyways, we guys, we appreciate you guys listening. And again, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Dog Talk Twenty. We appreciate that. Again, we're not live on uh, YouTube this week, but that will be back. I guess next next week. I probably I probably get it back on Sunday uh, for you guys. So make sure you check in and tune in to everything there. All the links for all of this stuff is in the description of the podcast. Same thing there. Uh, and we will check in with you guys next week where we prepare for Florida coming up in Jacksonville, Georgia-Florida game. Until then, go dogs. Go dogs.